Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. Uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm just happy to be included. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm doing all right. Uh, we had we had fun playing video games. Uh, video games, I mean magic cards. I don't know why I said video games. Uh, except for when Time Sifter dropped and then we all hated our lives. I suppose so. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, I just hate Bill so very much for ruining everything. I know. Bill sucks. Uh, we hate Bill, uh, but that will not change our friendship with him because we need a punching bag. Yeah. It's fine. Bill's mm-hmm. a fine person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to complain about work again for like the 900th week in a row. Cause I feel like I do it every fucking week, as I just said. I uh, just know my job is painful sometimes uh, to see how stupid some of the people who are in charge are. Cool, cool banter. Um, hey, thanks. I don't know. I think I found a place to live uh, with my impending move. So nice. Uh, we're going to finalize that on Thursday. So that's exciting. Well, as you know, Thor is the god of house and home. Yes, that's true. Um. There are five Indian restaurants within walking distance of the new place, and I'm very, very excited. It's a lot of Indian restaurants. (laughs) Uh, Can't wait to gorge myself on delicious spicy food Mm. uh, seven days a week and never, ever cook again. Lucky. I live off a stretch of road that uh, the closest restaurant to me is an Arby's. Which I don't mind Arby's, but uh, all the actual restaurants are a bit further, like ten minutes further down the road from me, and it kind of sucks. Yeah, not a fan of Arby's. I think it's kind of gross. Also, it's for meat, and you don't eat the meat. They do have the meat. Yeah, especially when I put my dick in between their sandwich buns. What? The the penis meat. Big, meaty penises. So, yeah. That's it. Uh, I don't know. Magic the Gathering shit. Uh, out of the way. Netflix and Swill stuff. Here we come. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank uh, Sam Hurley, notable author, uh, for joining us at the $5 level. That means he gets to pick a, a movie every quarter for us to suffer through. Uh, and, and joining him there is the Nerdrovert, uh, who also is known as Jason, because Gerald, like, dropped it on livestream for the cure that his first name was Jason, and then from there he's just like, ah, fuck it, everyone knows who I am now, and now we've just referred to him <laughs> as Jason. I was just prepared to let him be an introverted nerd, so. It's true. I don't know why we gotta blow up a spot like that. Uh, first of all, blame Gerald. Second of all, it's fine. Third of all, uh, he jumped from the $3 level to the $5 level, so that makes it, uh, I think it's nine total people, ten total people that uh, are doing the quarterly thing. Uh, Not all of you respond. It's fine. I understand that you like generally supporting us, and we appreciate it. But uh, if we start getting too many responses, we might have to move it to semi-annually, which means once er, twice a year. Yeah. Here we are, uh, DJ Khalid suffering from success. I know, right? But the, 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 the reason I say it is just because, like, I don't want you guys to feel like you're getting less value because you're supporting us more, if you get what I mean. I got you. I don't know. I don't think anybody who supports this show feels like they're getting value from it. Uh-huh. I, think, I think some people are just nice. That's true. Uh, if you're just nice, we love you. And I 
do two. Uh-huh. Uh do do we have any uh updates on the Quite the Thing podcast awards? Uh let me go to the website to find out when the awards are happening. Uh oh. Oh oh my. Have we done it? No. Do we win a big prize? Uh no. So the Indie Podcast Awards. Uh public voting open on May 22nd. Voting is still fucking going on. Uh oh for my 41 God. days. 41 more days, I should say. So, uh yeah. Man, imagine if uh we allowed that much time for people to vote for president and stuff that matters. I know, right? It it would almost be like they wanted you to vote and that like the system wasn't designed to have as few people vote as possible. Uh I mean, sure. Uh also I feel like 60, I, because I, I'm guessing, no. It's like 70 days? What the fuck? Uh, or, I, I, look, I don't know. I, I, I've i given up on this. Uh, if you want to vote for us, fine. The link's in the show notes. If you don't want to vote for us, we understand. Uh, I don't <laughs> care that much anymore. I thought, you know, we the voting be closed by now, and then we wouldn't be announcing the award winners on Harry Potter's birthday. <laughs> all right uh tell me about your guest spot okay so i did uh fast and furious franchise with sam hurley and uh emily higgins of uh tasteless uh we did that on movie reviews and 20 cues a show i've been on now three times uh it's probably the happiest i've ever been on a podcast ever well, I'm, gl- I'm glad for you hey thanks uh so if you want like the rare happy podcast moments from me uh go check it out uh, also, remember, uh, if you hate the Fast and Furious franchise and you consistently vocalize it on the internet, I fucking hate you. Yeah, you should just let your hate fester quietly, like me. Yeah. Like, they're, like, my least favorite people on the internet are the people who, like, when the trailer drops for it, they just go, why is this still going? Uh, two reasons. One, because fuck you Money. in particular. And two... They make a lot of money. Yeah. It's the same reason that Netflix show you championed doesn't keep going for three more seasons. Mm-hmm. Money. Yeah. Stop complaining about it. No, Caleb. They have to give up, like, they have to acquiesce <laughs> to the artist's interpretation all the time. And if they don't, they're literally Hitler. That's true. Uh, speaking of uh being hated in the media let's do some news oh shit it's mail time uh so netflix is uh continuing to to test out features and try to optimize i guess uh so they're testing a new most liked row uh as opposed to the current most popular well they're still keeping most popular for now but uh, right. most liked is like the uh, I'm going to say antithesis of that, because most popular uh, we, we've seen stuff like 365 days on there uh, and that movie's mm-hmm. dog shit. So this is like the comparison to it where instead of, hey, this is the most popular movie in America right now. Yeah. Instead of a bunch of people watch this, it'll be like a bunch of people actually like this. Exactly. So instead of looking for stuff that people watch and finding garbage, uh, you'll find stuff that people watch and find good stuff in theory. Yeah, theoretically. Uh, I actually like this change. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Now, uh, of course, the new thing is going to be, hey, make sure you like that thing on Netflix. Otherwise, uh, it'll get canceled forever. And then uh, we'll get hashtag save this show because it's bad and uh, no one watched it. Yeah, that's true. What is Manifest? It's an NBC show. 
that uh, general gist is that uh, a flight goes missing, and then five years later it reappears with nobody from the flight having aged. Uh, It's gone on for three seasons now. Okay. And has just been canceled by NBC. So people want Netflix to step in and save it. You got it. Netflix isn't the one that... That saves you from danger. Netflix is the one who knocks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. Hey, hey, the, hey, a uh, streaming service that we complain uh, cancels too many shows. Save this canceled show. Oh, man. Uh, the first two parts of Fear Street have been rated R by the MPAA. Uh, this is good news. Good news, everyone. Uh, I'm wondering what part three is going to be labeled as but uh i like my r-rated horrors rated nc-17 oh my god graphic sexual contact bro and Netflix uh, should do that every once in a while just throw an nc-17 on their service the penis i want it so bad now now if it's not nc-17 uh i'm gonna hate it and i'll blame you <laughs> Man, they would have to implement some sort of, like, confirmation thing and, like, hide that away if they had an NC-17 thing so that, like, a kid doesn't accidentally click it. Because, you know, the parents aren't going to do anything. Right. Parents think, oh, we have the kid's account. This will be fine. And then kids will be like, hey, our parents are fucking stupid. They don't know how this shit works. Uh, parental controls exist for a reason, and if your child accidentally watches something on Netflix, they shouldn't. It's your own fault. Yeah. Alright, and, uh, the shows Grand Army and Dad Stop Embarrassing Me have been cancelled after one season. Uh, so, Netflix, stop embarrassing yourself, and don't, don't make the bad shows anymore. Yeah. Uh, Dad Stop Embarrassing Me was the Jamie Foxx show. Uh, I still don't know who the fuck that was aimed at, uh, but they they made it anyway. And then, uh, yeah. not us, yeah. not us, as it turns out. And then, uh, Grand Army was a sh- I don't I don't actually know what the fucking show is. We watched the trailer for it, went this looks bad, and then moved on with our lives. Yeah, I don't remember anything about the trailer. Mm. All right, and that will move us over into Downstream, where we talk about uh, new things that are upcoming and likely to be canceled. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! I'll tell you what's not going to be canceled, uh, because we got the trailer for the final season of Atypical. Uh, The best endings are Atypical. Atypical's fourth and final season drops July 9th, only on Netflix. With Casey and Sam both on the cusp of leaving the nest, each member of the Gardner family faces big decisions about where life will go next. Uh, tell me all about your feelings. Uh, I haven't watched the show, show since season one. It's a good show. Uh, uh-huh. Now that I know it won't end abruptly, maybe I'll go back and, and uh, finish it up. Oh no, you're one of those people that I get mad at. No, no. I engaged with the show when it was current and popular, so. Yeah, I guess um, that's true. I don't know. If if I miss, like, an episode of something, like, our our schedule for this is so rigorous that, like, I cannot circle back on things unless we just don't have a topic for the week. Do we need to change the schedule? No, I mean, it's fine. If it's, uh, if it's something I really want to see, I'll prioritize it, so. Okay. Uh, I have no feelings on this one way or another, so, uh, yay. Hooray. Uh, our next trailer is for Gunpowder Milkshake. Uh, and in the title they ha- of the video, they have Karen Gillan and Lena Headey. Uh, Sam, Karen Gillan, was only 12 years old when her mother, Scarlett, Lena Headey, an elite assassin was forced to abandon her. Sam was raised by The Firm, the ruthless crime syndicate her mother worked for. Now, 15 years later, Sam has followed in her mother's footsteps and grown into a fierce hit woman. She uses her talents to clean up the firm's most dangerous messes. She is a, she is a, she's as efficient as she is loyal. When a high-risk job goes wrong, Sam must choose between serving the firm and protecting the life of an innocent 8-year-old, Emily Chloe Coleman, with a target on her back, 
Sam has only one chance to survive, reunite with her mother and her lethal associates, the librarians, Michelle Yeoh, Angela Bassett, and Carla Gugino. These three generations of women must now learn to trust each other, stand up to the firm and their army of henchmen, and raise hell against those who could take everything from them. Also, Paul Giamatti's here. That's true. Uh, this reminds me of like the old school, like eighties and nineties VHS covers on the back, where it would just like overly describe yeah, the fucking plot of the movie. I'm already interested in this. I really didn't even need to see the trailer because it looked cool as it was. Yeah, I don't know. It looks neat. It looks like uh, like another like super stylish John Wick type with with ladies. Uh, yeah. It's John Chick. Is that anything? I mean, kind of. Fun fact, this is only a Netflix original in the United States. Uh, nowhere else is this a Netflix original, so you gotta go to the fucking movie theater to go see this, and uh, nobody wants that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, our third trailer this week is for uh, something for Gerald, because uh, he's a horror guy. It's a classic horror story. A camper. A car crash. An abandoned house. Children's music in the background. Think you've seen it before? Look again. A classic horror story coming July 14th. Eh. Any thoughts? No. This looks average. Yeah, pass. I don't know. It's just a teaser. There's like nothing. I mean, that's fine it's for just like it being a, a horror it's movie. It's just like suggestive of a guy being poked in the eye. And that's like the entire video that they released. I mean, I played Dead Space 3, or Dead Space 2, whichever one that one was, where you stab yourself in the eye. I think Dead Space 2 was the eye poke machine. Yeah, uh, so I've already experienced that horror, so uh, good luck. Man, Dead Space 3 was a letdown. I'm still salty about that. Hmm. As long as allowed. Uh, thanks, EA. Thanks, EA. Uh, last but not least is the trailer for Season 2 of Never Have I Ever. One nerd. Two boyfriends. It's about to get messy. Never Have I Ever returns for season two, July 15th on Netflix. A new love life, a new classmate, and new reasons to bicker with mom give Devi plenty more ways to make courageous moves and questionable decisions. I should do professional voiceover. Why are you doing the Rob Schneider as a stapler voice? This summer, Rob Schneider derped a derp. Da derp da derp da derp a derp. Until one day. From the creators of Durr in Tum to Tiddly Tum to Two. Rob Schneider in Da derp da derp da derp a derp to Tiddly Tum. Rated PG 13. To talk about the actual show, uh, it looks like more of Never Have I Ever. So if you enjoyed that, and apparently 40 million people watched it, uh, you you will continue to enjoy it. I did like it. Uh, thanks, Mindy Kaling. It's true. Uh, she's also apparently making another show for Netflix. Uh, about the work life of the uh front office of the Los Angeles Lakers for some reason. All right. It's a thing. I don't, I don't know why it's a thing, but it's a thing. I don't know. I'll watch the thing she makes. She's my celebrity crush. Okay. And that'll bring us right on over to Quick Hits. Uh, I have nothing to add. I was watching uh, Harvey Birdman, so I can talk about it with Ashley. So, yeah. uh, tell me about The Woman in the Window. All right. This How is... much is that woman in the window? Uh, a lot. So, uh, Woman in the Window, it's Amy Adams, uh, Gary Oldman, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, the, the downstairs neighbor is, uh, played by Wyatt Russell, the son of Kurt Russell, so it's kind of like this packed fucking cast, uh, and it's about a woman who has agoraphobia, uh, for some reason, and witnesses a murder, uh, across the street. And uh, she's taking pills for her agoraphobia, so is it all a hallucination? Or is it actually happening and no one believes her? Uh, find out by watching Woman in the Window, know. because I'm not going to tell you here. I'm, 
I'm willing to bet that it's actually happening because, you know, movies. Yeah. Uh, look, Amy Adams is good. Uh, she's mostly good in most things. Uh, except for Hillbilly Elegy when she's clearly trying <laughs> too hard to be uh, an Academy Award winning actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody else is like, whatever, fine, they're serviceable. But like, uh, I think the the best part about this movie is just kind of like its overt weird- weirdness. Like, uh, you see her hallucinate, and it really lends to like what the fuck is going on. Like, uh, I tweeted like I uh, that like me the entire runtime during uh, the one in the window was me saying what the fuck what is going on. Uh, that wasn't in like a bad way. Uh, I actually kind of liked this movie up until the very end. Uh, where the the end became stupid and contrived and dumb, and uh, kind of released a lot of the tension from the movie because I was just like, "Oh, that's stupid," and then the the rest of the movie just happened. But until that point, I was really enjoying myself. I was like, "Oh, this is actually a good movie. Why does everyone hate this?" And then I figured out why people seem to hate it. All right. Well, I'm glad you could crack the case. Uh. I mean, yeah, all I did was watch uh, an hour and 50 minute movie to figure out the case. So I wish they were all that easy. (laughs) Get on out there, baby legs. You got a bad movie to watch. It's true. Um, Yeah, I was I was going to give it like a three and a half up until the end. And uh, it kind of dropped like a a three. It's a fine movie. Uh, I will say it's reminiscent of Rear Window, uh, so much so that in, like, the first ten seconds of the movie starting, uh, they show you, like, slow-mo footage of, uh, her watching Rear Window. Huh. So I don't know if that was to set up, like, her psychosis, like, a, a, a psychosis angle where, like, oh, because of her meds, she thinks she's in a Rear Window situation, but she's not. Or if it's just like, hey, we know this movie is like Rear Window. Shut the fuck up. Here's some stills from Rear Window. Okay? Now shut the fuck up and leave us alone. It's kind of like how in the middle of uh, The Hateful Eight, there was like, just like, for no reason out of context, for like 15 minutes, all the characters started talking about John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, big true. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh... You could do worse with your your life than watching the woman in the window. Yeah, you could um, marry the wrong person and have children with them, and then uh, not realize it till you're fifty. I guess that's something that happens to people. Uh huh. <laughs> that would be worse. I'm just saying. Uh huh. I don't know what you're referencing, but okay. I don't know. I haven't done it. I married the right person, and I can't have children. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of myself. Uh, Well, I have to go check my laundry, so why don't we take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about, I guess, the entire series of Lupin. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash apple podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Bienvenue à tous, Caleb. Il est temps de revoir Lupin. Je suis un ananas. I said, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Caleb, it's time to review Lupin. And I said, I am a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lupin is a action crime drama 
French show. Yes, that's uh, a genre. On Netflix. French. Uh, it is a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb, inspired by the adventures of Arsène Lupin, Gentleman Thief. Asan Diop sets out to avenge his father for an injustice inflicted by a wealthy family. Uh, this, sto- this show stars Omar Sy, uh, who I don't think I've seen in anything else. But that's, uh, that's not true. I like I like him. Well, that might not be true. Uh, have you seen X Men: Days of Future Past? Oh yeah. Um. Oh shit. Uh. Uh. He was Bishop. Yeah. That, that is correct. Fuck. He was Bishop. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, he's Bishop. That's how the Western world should know Omar Sy. Well. Fuck. I mean, France is the West also. Well, the the real Western world that doesn't have Eiffel Towers, striped shirts, yeah. and uh, baguettes. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm fucking I'm around. I'm so excited that he was Bishop. Yeah. Uh, other things he's, that he has on Netflix right now, at least in the US, uh, The Untouchables, which was uh, remade with Brian Cranston and uh, Kevin Hart. I, I forget what the fuck that one's called. Uh, also, he has uh, a movie called the, uh, the Wolf's Call, where uh, it's a submarine movie, and I haven't watched it yet, but it's a Netflix original. I'm intrigued. Okay. Uh, why don't you go first and tell me kind of what you think about Lupin? Uh, sure. As soon as I shoo away the dog, who, who for some reason, wants me to scratch her ass. Wait. You... Okay, here's the thing. You're going to be in here. You're going to hang out in here. You can't go in and out because I can't have Harley Quinn playing in the background of my audio, okay? Do you understand this? <laughs> okay, she's laying down. She's accepted her fate. <laughs> so, uh, I guess famously, infamously, however you want to say it, uh, this was, when I watched this, this was the pro- byproduct of Netflix's Play Something feature, uh, where I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't know the fuck to watch right now. Uh, I guess I'll play something. This is literally the first thing that came up, and I just went, oh, I remember how fucking bad the trailer was for this, because it was all in English, uh, and the dub could not have sounded less enthused. And then I watched it, and I just went, man, how the fuck does Netflix allow them to dub the trailer in order to market it? Because the French-language version of the show has so much personality and charm to it that, like, the the initial marketing to it, I think, really hampered it. Uh, but clearly not enough, because 72 million or 75 million people even checked it out. Uh, I watched the entire series dubbed, because I'm a monster. You are a monster. Without getting too much into the actual, like, content of the show yet, like... Uh, the first episode deals with a heist. Uh, basically, like, the setup is that... Uh, years ago, there was an injustice where uh, Asan's like father was was set up by this rich dickhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's trying to settle the score uh, by stealing this really cool, fancy, famous, uh, fancy, expensive necklace. Um, so like it kind of goes through the heist, and you know, some shit goes sideways, but like. It it kind of sets up a trend for later where like um Asan is always like a step ahead. Even mm-hmm. when he's losing, he's like a step ahead. Um and like there's a point in it where like they recover the necklace, but then they kind of tease out that like the necklace that they recovered is not the genuine article. And I was like, as that dawned on me, I was like Oh my god, he has the necklace. <laughs> uh and I and I started freaking out and I was immediately hooked. Um the show has like a lot of gaps and like little holes in it and like things that kind of fall apart if you look too closely at them. Uh however, like if you can like you're you're going to know pretty quickly whether you're going to go along for the ride. Or whether, like, you can't suspend your disbelief and go along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can go along for the ride, it's it's a good ride. Yeah. Uh, so 
there are some laughably bad costumes that he he adopts during the the series. <laughs> uh it's uh, true. The the worst one being actually the last one he adopts uh in episode 10. I just went when when he's like a reggae man yeah. or like one of the black eyed peas or something. And he has the worst stuck on beard that I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it, it actually looks like he glued pubes to his face. Oh <laughs> uh, shit. That wig wasn't fooling anyone either. No. But like his physical acting is fucking great too, because uh, there's there's at one point where he dresses up as a, an IT guy, and normally like he's yeah. he's very confident, uh, shoulders back, like kind of chest out, like very proud kind of man. And then when yeah, he adopts he his IT role, and was like yeah, very he, meek. Yeah, he rolls his shoulders forward. He's he's like very like slouched over. He's very timid with how he speaks. It's yeah. it's wonderful acting. <laughs> and that's what like they they kept talking in the news anytime they would say anything uh, about like his his awesome heist that he did they're like oh it it seems like he has a way to change his appearance and it reminded me of the fucking south park where it's like uh it's like aliens abduct the kids and they're like Oh, I took on this form to try to make you more comfortable, but I can take on many forms. Like I can I can take on this form and the guy peels his mustache off and he's like, "What about this form?" and he puts on a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of. Yeah. Like he there he does have some like facial masks. Like the I think there's at one point where he changes like the way his nose looks in order to not look as suspicious. Yeah. He also puts in, like, fake teeth at one point. I I guess I kind of appreciate the one part where, like, he's in kind of a shitty disguise because he had, like, five seconds to put it on Uh. and then leave the building. Whereas, like, some of the ones that are really good, like, it'll show him in the mirror beforehand, like, putting on prosthetics and stuff. Right. And I guess that's true. It's like, there there are times where... uh, like he he takes his time and it doesn't look too bad. Uh I will say the one time where he takes his time and it looks very bad is when he uh is the old man. Oh yeah, that uh wasn't great. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of um and you'll you have no frame of reference for this, but there's this movie called Uncle Drew that I'm fairly sure was either directed by or produced by Jeff Tremaine of Jackass fame. Uh and the general gist was that Uncle Drew I forget who it was, I and someone's going to yell at me being like, it was this basketball player, but basically it was like this old man, uh, but he was a professional NBA player in, in his prime currently, uh, and they put him in old man makeup, and they make him look old, and then he's like, here, let me get on the court with you guys, and then he fucking just destroys them, because apparently old people doing things amazingly is hilarious or something. Yeah, so funny. Uh, the The makeup looked a lot like that. Uh, it wasn't great, but uh, it was the best frame of reference that I could possibly have. Like, I guess it's kind of 50-50 between, like, Asan and the relationships that he has with people. Mm-hmm. Like, his family and stuff, and, like, how his lifestyle impacts them. And, like, the rest is him doing dope shit. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, I think I think they kind of struck a, a decent balance there. Right. Because, like... Like I never I never felt bored. Like I cared about the side plots and the other characters and stuff, but then like but then Asan comes in and he just does some dope ass shit and it's like fuck, this guy is like every possible skill. Like he basically taught himself to be like fucking Jason Bourne. He, right, without murdering people. Which like yeah. I I appreciate uh also, I sort of have a problem with it because, like, he's good at literally everything. Like, there's never a situation where it feels like he needs someone else's help to do anything. I don't know. Like, obviously, uh, what's his name? Pharrell. The the guy he uses as a fence. Mm, yeah. Um, Like, that's his his go-to guy. But, like... I don't know. They don't show him as being like quite as skilled. He's just sort of like the expert. Well, yeah, right. Because it actually seems like he has a real job outside of this. Like this, 
like Asan's lifestyle seems like it's his job. Like he is a professional thief. Which like his main like Asan's main skill is just like overwhelming charisma. Mm hmm. Because he's just like the guy who can talk his way into anything and like convince an old lady that he's a cop and that she should give up her fucking blood diamonds and let him like protect them for her. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the gift of gab. I I will say that like he like I feel like I'd follow him wherever he wanted me to go. And when he robs me blind, I'd be like, oh, what a nice man. Yeah, it's like. That's fair. You got me. Here's my wallet. I guess that one's on me. All right. Don't don't be charmed by men who who are super charming. So we get like the Assan stuff, like the the present Assan stuff, which is, you know, dope shit where he goes on heists and stuff. And we also get a little bit of his backstory where like he goes to this like private school and has to deal with some racism there. Uh, I especially remember, like, the first episode of part... No, I don't think it was the first episode of part two. It was the second episode of part two, where uh, some guy's like, hey, you... Uh, Like, he's talking to some, like, uh, to Claire, his eventual uh, ex-wife, and he's like, oh, cool, you seem like a decent person. And then he comes in, he's like, hey, how about she rent this violin? And he's like, no, I'll never rent to people like you. And it's like, oh, good job, racism. Yeah, I don't know how how prevalent like racism is in France, but this show makes me feel like maybe it's a lot. Right. Cause like we are Americans. We know how prevalent racism is, despite the fact that people want to tell you, Oh no, it's definitely not that racist here. No, unfortunately uh, it's still pretty fucking racist here, but in France, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if you, like, want to go episode by episode and, like, kind of break down the whole fucking plot or just, like... No, I don't want to go break down the whole plot, but I do kind of want to talk about some plot beats, but, uh... I I think people should just watch it. I don't know. Like, each season is five episodes. It feels like they, like, just filmed it consecutively and just kind of released them in two batches. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if I hate this because, like, with BoJack, I kind of hated it. But like seeing it now, and, and it becoming more and more of a thing where they release like one part and then a second part, like a few months later, I kind of get it from a business angle, and I kind of don't hate it as a fan because it spreads it out over a longer period of time. Well, also like the the pivot from part 1 to part 2 was good like they they had a good cliffhanger and then it's like oh shit now the stakes are higher cuz like they know that we know that Asan knows that they know that Asan knows <laughs> right and what are you going to do then um so yeah like the the first season is like for the most part like it's a lot of intrigue and then the second season is where like there's a lot more physical threats yeah it it come it comes to a point or it comes to a head at uh, like during the second season where it's like hey we've been kind of dancing around this and like we we've been having a lot of fun during the first part but the second part is a lot more straightforward seriousness yeah i i do like like usually you know jumping back and forth doing flashbacks and stuff like we hate that um uh uh-huh. but like it kind of works in this cuz it'll like tell you a relevant bit from his childhood and then apply it to the current story right instead of just you know every scene transition we're in a different fucking timeline jupiter's legacy well right I don't mind the flashbackness if it ties in. Jupiter's Legacy never tied in. It it was just like, hey, yeah. we're just doing this because reasons. Yeah, like there was part where they had to go through like the the catacombs beneath Paris to escape from like being pursued, 
Uh, and it like showed them getting a map of the catacombs when they were kids and like going down and exploring and like memorizing where shit's at in the tunnels. Right. It's like, that's, that's good. That's good storytelling. Good job show. Yeah. You did it. I like it, it builds a lot of intrigue. It's like, where is this going? I'm very like, I, I just, I'm just so impressed by the, the way this show tells a story. Now I will say for the finale episode, I understand why, because there's a big reveal, like, right at the beginning. They spend about 15 minutes setting up that reveal. I get why they did it that way, but I kind of wish it was, Mm -hmm. like, one of those, like, 11th hour reveals, as opposed to, like, right at the beginning kind of things. Yeah, because there will be, like, a character that's introduced, and then, like... Three or four episodes later, it'll cut back and be like, hey... Uh, fucking Asan planted him here the whole time, and like, this is how he's connected to things, because like, he's always, you know, a step or two ahead. So like, he right. he anticipated the situation and like already has a man on the inside or whatever. Yeah. Uh, are there any plot beats that you want to talk about? Uh, in in a spoiler section. If not, that's totally understandable. I just wanted to know if you want to talk about anything. Um, not really. We didn't really talk about um the stuff with his son. But like I said, he's trying to like a lot of people. He's trying to strike an appropriate work life balance. Uh, <laughs> so like, um, his son is sort of estranged at the beginning of this, but like. He shares his love of the Arsene Lupin novels with mm-hmm. his son, and they immediately become best friends. Also, there's a scene where they're playing video games together, and I wanted to bring this up because it bothered me. Uh, because they're both holding controllers, and like we're meant to believe they're actively playing the game. But then it shows the TV, and they're they're playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Which yeah. does not have a two-player mode. That that is correct. Uh, I wish that <laughs> game had a. Well, actually, I don't wish that game had a two-player mode. That'd be fucking stupid. The only time there should be a two-player mode is if you're in the hunting grounds, and that'd be about it. Yeah, I would say maybe like make it a strand type game, like Dark Souls, where people can leave you care packages. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. You you could uh, yell at Hideo Kojima for saying the wrong things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty good. Like, I I think we both highly recommend the show. Just go watch yeah. it. Like I said, there's uh, th- there's things that like they didn't have to make it so like. They could have made it more realistic or, like, make sense more, but, like, they they kind of hand-wave a lot of stuff away to make it more, like, exciting and fantastic. Right. And if, like, if you can get on board with that and ignore a couple of little plot holes, like, it's a lot of fun. Um, like I said, the, the end of the first episode, they do, like, a big reveal, and it's like, the prestige... And I was like, holy shit, I'm 100% on board. This is the best show. <laughs> sure. So, uh, I, I guess the, the last thing I want to talk about, really, with this show, is that, ultimately, this is a foreign show. This is a French show. And it this fucking This is a show for Frenchmen. With, I, I believe the first part was 75 million people uh, at least checked it out. Uh, why? Because this released earlier this year. It's not like this was more, like, you know, last year during the pa- like during the early stages of the pandemic, where I feel like most numbers are inflated. This is like, hey, uh, the the anti maskers are are coming out being like, no new normal, and uh, you know, all this shit. What? What? My question, my question is, why do you think this is so popular? Because, like, ultimately, Netflix is still a majority American company. And I, I, I'm just like, how did this become a thing that people watched? Um, 
I don't know. I kind of just think it was good. <laughs> well, sure. But we didn't have the most liked category back then. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe it's just because they launched this show alongside the Watch Something feature and it, like, everybody got directed towards it. Conspiracy? <laughs> Fucking A-right a- it is. That's a good point. That's a really good point. That's a great conspiracy. I love it. So there was one other thing that I wanted to point out, which uh, I think is an intentional reference in the show. Mm, so mm-hmm. we watched and reviewed uh, during Anime April. Uh, we watched Lupin the Third, The Castle of Cagliostro, uh, an anime movie. Uh, so in the anime, Lupin the Third, uh, like he drives around in a yellow Fiat Five Hundred. Uh, so whenever, like during the the climax. Uh, at the end of the second season, like they're, um, like Asan is still like making his own escape, but like his accomplices are are making their escape separately. Uh, so they, like Pharrell and Corbet, are like the two characters. Uh, they step out of the building and they get into a yellow Fiat Five Hundred and drive away. And I was like, oh hey, Lupin, huh? I understood that reference. Right, because the gentleman thief was set back in, like, I want to say the 1800s, so there were no automobiles. Yeah, it's not like Fiat was making carriages. You don't know that. I don't. (laughs) Do you know what Fiat stands for? Uh, Fuck Italian-American twats. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. Uh, although you probably should do that. Um, fix it again, Tony, is the joke. Because Fiat's are, have a reputation of being unreliable. I'll let you out, Anya. It's okay. Go ahead, kiddo. Well, Anya is leaving the, the podcast space because I, I slapped my hand against the chair. So uh, now is as good a time as any to wrap up on uh, our Lupin review. So uh, what would you give this bad boy? Uh, I'm going to give it three and half. It's it's quite a good show, and I'm very much interested in more of it. Okay. Well, uh, I'm surprisingly more positive than you this week. I'm going with four. This is a great show, uh, and I'm already glad that we have a part three on the way. Hooray. I, I kind of measure how much I enjoy a show by, like, how willing I am to just actually put my phone down and watch the fucking thing and not like try to split my attention between two or three things. Right. As I normally do. But like, um, it's like, I was very invested in this show. It's just, like I said, there's a, there's some little gaps and like stuff they could clean up in the writing room and stuff. But, um, like I said, I, I was able to buy in, but like, I can see where some people would be less willing to do so. Sure. So yeah. Okay. Not that I feel I have to justify myself. I'm just explaining. You gotta be justified. <laughs> uh, next week, uh, we're watching The Ice Road, uh, a Liam Neeson movie about driving, and he probably fights some wolves, and uh, somebody kidnaps... One of the ice road truckers, or a seal, or something, and he has to go and kill them. I can't wait. I I can't wait either. Uh, I I'm looking forward to watching the most expensive B movie ever created. Twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. It does star John Cusack, so I guess that's true. <laughs> I was thinking more of the effects budget. Uh, also that. Hey, remember when the the Russian dad got smashed between the boat and the pier? No, because I I don't think I actually watched that movie, despite former epic film guy Nick insisting that it was great and having like 30 people over to a house party to watch 2012. Yeah, I was going to say, we were were at the house party together, and you may not have been there, but uh, we all watched it, and Nick complained the whole fucking time. Uh, big shock to everybody I know, but he complained the whole fucking time. Eh, you give me too much credit. Tell him stuff, Dan. 
you can find more of the show at netflixandswill.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill, including our Patreon page, where we got a couple new patrons earlier today, as we said. Uh, apparently, we also sold a shirt, so whoever bought the shirt, thank you. Uh, head over to netflixandswill.com slash merch to go to our Redbubble page, where you can buy more of our shirts and other such merch. I think leggings are still available, so, you know, that's hysterical. Do that. Yeah. Um, you can still wear a mask. That was always allowed. I don't know. I, I wore, I wore like the, the mask mandate in Ohio got lifted like a few weeks ago, but like the other day I wore my mask to Walmart and I was one of about three people in there wearing their mask. What if I, what if I just like my mask? Yeah. I don't have to wear my mask anymore at work and I don't wear it at work. Like I just don't. But when I go anywhere else, I put my fucking mask on because people are yeah. fucking disgusting. Oh, yeah, I do, too. Well, like, that's that's one thing that, like, the pandemic has taught me <laughs> through just, like, being more observant is that people are fucking filthy and I don't want to breathe the air that they're breathing. Right. So I'll just get a mask. So, uh, yeah, yeah, if you want to keep that also, up, keep that energy up. recognition software. Also, facial recognition software. Uh, Aiden Pierce from Watch Dogs taught me all about that. The game's uh, kind of bad. <laughs> so yeah, uh, do all that shit. Uh, thank you to Spaceweather for the use of our theme song, Bitter. Which is how Asan felt about the guy who made his dad very sad when he did the bad thing. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to pay for it because he's basically like shitty kingpin. Yeah, kind of. Uh, in response, I bolt myself. <laughs> and until next week, this is Caleb saying, uh, watch out. We're driving down the ice road and meet me. There's a seal. And oh, no, a wall, uh, a narwhal is broken through the ice. And here's your sign. <laughs> <laughs>